Craft Beer Radio, episode three four hundred. Shit. <laughs> three four hundred. Yeah. Damn. Craft Beer Radio, episode four hundred sixteen on March nineteenth, twenty seventeen. There's the bass, and welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we're drinking beer again. Joining us, I'm I'm Greg, by the way. Jeff Bear. And joining us today, a uh, special guest, Kenny Gould. Hello. Kenny here. Kenny, why don't you tell us all about you and hop culture? Sure. Uh, my name is Kenny. What's up? I am the editor. Oh, my in- God. <laughs> you must get that all the time. Uh, yeah. Kenny Gould. Kenny G, which is kind of funny. I get that a lot, too. Um like the saxophone. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm the editor-in-chief of hopculture.com, Hop Culture Magazine. Uh, we are a daily online lifestyle magazine for craft beer drinkers. Um, there you go. Yeah. That's what we got going on. Thank you, sir. So the first beer that we are pouring right now is Stone Delicious IPA. Yes, with El Dorado and Lemon Drop. Lemon Drop. I've had definitely had lemon drop before it uh hop that gives quite a lemon presence it, it's named correctly el dorado mm-hmm. no we've had before not totally dialed in on lemon on uh, el dorado right. take a look sure uh, this is uh my latest case of beer to fill the fridge uh, it's funny i bought two cases of stone in a row because i had the um ripper and uh said the beer distributor the other day needed something new and i don't know this one caught my eye it was good and fresh and uh, I don't know. I guess the Eldorado and Lemon Drop kind of pulled me in. Mm. This is also a gluten reduced beer. It's brewed to reduce gluten. Ah, huh. That that old scam. Not gluten free though. <laughs> no. Gluten reduced. Um, was it White Labs? One of the yeast companies makes a some protein thingamajig that causes the gluten to fall out of the beer or something. Right. Uh-huh. I am not a chemist. I do not know how it works or if that was an accurate statement, but that's it's the cl- that's science. Basically the yeah. claim. <laughs> sounds sounds scientific. So, um is there apparently for Eldorado flavors of tropical fruit, pineapple, mango, uh aromas of pear, watermelon, stone fruit and candy. Ooh. It's a Yakima Valley hop. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so on the aroma, uh, the beer is nice, golden, clear, beautiful color. The um, the aromas I'm getting are kind of, the lemons in there is a kind of thing that's um, like lemon, lime, like soda. Like like on the aroma, I'm getting something that's kind of like that. Right, that lime on. (laughs) Yeah, the lime, maybe the lime zest or something like that. It's a little alcohol. I think it's what seven point seven percent. Seven point seven, yeah. Right, yeah. Um seven point seven percent, seventy-five IBU. Uh what's the date on this one? Let's see. It's um late February. Yeah. So the enjoy by here is uh March thirteenth or May thirteenth, so we're well within I love that they put that on there. I thought that was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stone's pretty, tra- I mean, transparent with their bottling. There was a case of Lagunita Sucks there. 
I couldn't figure out when it was bottled. I'm sure mm. the Jul- it, I went on my phone and looked to see what their date codes were like. And they use the Julian date codes. So you have to know how many days into the year and all that <laughs> stuff. But even then, I couldn't find the etching on the bottle. So mm. passed on that because they're not going to buy an old case of Lagunita sucks because yeah. that would suck. You need you get that hot fading and it's it's bad. So let's dive into this one. You said the you said the color was you know nice and golden. Yeah, this one has um, a lot of fruit. It kind of has a melon thing that's sitting in the middle of my tongue. That's what I find really interesting about mm-hmm. it. And then it kind of pulls in a little bit of orange, a little bit of pineapple. Late in the aftertaste, it gets a little more bitter and it's more like a grapefruit. Yeah, there, there's like a lot of, you know, cantaloupe or honeydew-like notes mm-hmm. here. Um, hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's like gourd. Like think yeah. uh, and then um, yeah, citrusy in the end with just a bit of sulfuriness, mm-hmm. just a bit. Yep. There's a little bit of vanilla in the flavor too, almost getting in the mid to late taste. I would say that that fits to you in the melon side. Melon, yeah. okay. See, so, yeah, I mean, maybe it's playing with that. You know, it's not like that one beer we had with the Motuiko, which right. like, was like vanilla bean. But oh, I am getting something I would say is you know notably it's a beer that we've had before uh, from Duclaw. Ah. The um, some IPA they have. It's <laughs> getting almost a, a Jolly Rancher. Which one? Do you get that at all? Yeah, which flavor? So many, so delicious. <laughs> um, I can see definitely a candy note, mm. like uh, a sugary sweet. Mm-hmm. How many Jolly Ranchers are there? I can only think of like There's watermelon, like and lemon, and cherry, and green apple, an apple, yeah. And There's grape, 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 grape. I'm watermelon, sure there are more now. I'm sure they have like mm-hmm. tropical ones. It's almost watermelon. I think I'm going to go with okay. watermelon. Yeah, yep. no, you're right. It, there's kind of like the the whitish part of a watermelon up close to the yeah. rind. You know, I'm getting something like that. Definitely not watermelon dorado flavor. No, no, no. Watermelon <laughs> dorado. That sounds like a cool place to go. Um. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. What it's, is it's that? Not. Is that a thing? That um, is Palace Point made a made. You know, they, they have an IPA beer. called Dorado. Oh, they they made and they watermelon watermelon it. Oh, I was thinking like El Dorado, but watermelon no, Dorado. No, no. <laughs> okay. we've already given it too much time. It is the most egregious thing that we've ever tasted. It's one of the oh worst beers we've ever had on the show, and J- Jeff kind of freaked out when he had it, because he started cursing like crazy. Heinous. Yeah. That's a, it, it was a good word. It was really bad. Wow. It was, it was awful. And, yeah, and we don't know how, how that got... And the funny thing is, like, we really like Ballast Point a lot. Habanero Sculpin was one of my favorite beers of last oh, year. Oh, great. Oh, great and, beer. and Beer Connoisseur yeah. gave it a pretty nice review. Well, <laughs> We talked about beer connoisseurs yeah. reviews in the pre-show. Um, they gave it like an eighty something. No, they gave it a ninety-four. Ninety-four like must be that fresh, fresh yeah, watermelon. Maybe, maybe taste, it was. It know? was just too fresh. Maybe we just didn't, we didn't get it fresh. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's funny because we look around at reviews and and the reviews aren't all saying what we say. They aren't all saying this disgusting. Mm. Some of them are saying that it's great. So who knows? Takes all types. Yeah. yeah. So, Hop Culture Magazine. Hop Culture. How can I get that delivered to my mailbox? You can get it delivered to your mailbox uh, by going online to and hopculture.com. Printing it out and sticking it in my mailbox. Yes, we uh, only publish digitally 
for a lot of reasons. Only moving electrons. Um, yeah, only moving electrons. Electrons are much easier to move than paper magazines. Yes. They're much better for the environment than paper magazines. Yeah, uh, yeah some debate there. Uh, the scholars at Oxford are, are raging over that one. Um, but I fall squarely into the... Uh, You're going to have the e-reader of choice already. So... <laughs> All yeah. those heavy metals were already right. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, the, the the power consumed and and the uh, <laughs> the amount of stuff that goes into getting those electrons moving in the first place. Right, there's there's a lot that goes into that. So, well, yeah, we're on we're on the web hopculture.com. Uh, we're on social media at hopculturemag, uh, M-A-G, like magazine. Um, it, it would be also hypocritical of me to criticize them when we have a podcast that only is produced yeah, on the internet. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's a democratizing media. <laughs> yes. So, so I didn't mean to like uh, uh, the way you looked at me. Like, why are you asking me about getting paper magazines, jerk? <laughs> no. I, I thought it was a cute way of, no, of you explaining uh, your online magazine. So I want to make sure there's no hard feelings. There. No, no hard feelings. Sorry. <laughs> no, we, we, as you know, because we're a podcast, we of course uh, consume electronic media with regularity. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, some of my favorite places to go to are, are electronic media places. Right. A so, lot easier to read at work. Oh, yeah, for too. sure. So um, we talked about a little bit of this off the air, but I think, you know, I want to make sure that I don't presume that the listeners have heard this. So uh, what sets Hop Culture apart from the other beer magazines? What's your target, your focus, things like that? Sure. So uh, we were founded by two journalists uh, who worked for a Manhattan-based magazine um, and grew very frustrated with the types of beer writing that we were seeing around the industry. Um, we are two people who really respect beer mm-hmm. and um, love beer uh, as, you know, passion and, and hobby. And <coughs> think it's just an incredible industry and an incredible entrepreneurial revolution that we're seeing happen right now. Um, and we didn't really see anything out there that was treating beer with the respect uh, that that we wanted to treat it with in the medium that we wanted to deal with. Um, Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Where have you heard that before? Oh, it it's was us. kind of oh, how we started. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, those guys are doing something similar. I'll tell you our origin story in the post show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we um, we launched here in in Pittsburgh beautiful steel city mm-hmm. uh, i'm from pittsburgh it's a really awesome place with a lot of great history and a, a lot of um yeah new stuff that's happening right yeah. now um i don't want to speak about it too highly because then everyone will find out about it and it's not seattle but it's gonna come here it's a pretty it's a pretty hot <laughs> place right now it's, it's, it's bumping it's the best um yeah so we're headquartered here and um yeah we we are having a good time. It's fun. Writing about beer is not a bad job. <laughs> so you were mentioning in the pre-show that your your core demographic is millennials. Yes. The, the 20 to 30-somethings. Yes. Right? Yep. So Greg and I both just fell out of your core demographic <laughs> this past year. Yeah. Beer beer is very democratic. I don't think beer cares mm-hmm. who but, drinks okay, it, but, right? Okay. So, but writing for a millennial. Sure. How's that different than writing for us old fogies <laughs> that have been, you know, drinking yeah. craft beer since, you know, 2000. Is there more use of emoticons in your article? I mean, what... what... Yeah, <laughs> we we love the emoji. It's a great form of communication. Um, 
Well, I agree, actually. I'm, I'm 100% behind the emotion. A picture says a thousand words. <laughs> no, I think we are... The content might be similar. I think it's the way that we are presenting the content. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know somebody who is maybe a little older is more inclined to still get a print magazine in the mail. Okay. Whereas somebody who is younger is consuming most of their media on their cell phone, uh, maybe on the subway on the way to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are optimizing our content for mobile. Or they are on social media. So we have a strong presence across mm-hmm. Facebook um, and Instagram at Hop Culture Mag, uh, where we're making sure that we're engaging with our audiences in the places where they are. Um, you know, does, yeah. does it also mean that you can't be TLDR? You can be whatever you want to be. I mean, do you have, do you, does that go into your, so it sounds like you are <laughs> a, con, a considered magazine, right? Like you're not doing listicles or at least that's not, we do. We you that's know, not we keep the it fun. <laughs> the well, occasional sure, sure. I'm, I'm not saying listicles are all <laughs> awful. They're they're a nice intermission. Well, yeah. even the New Yorker has that page of sure. You know, but sure. but well, what I'm trying to get to is, from what you've told us already, it sounds like you know you're journalists. You're not bloggers, right? Yeah, we're you're, so you're you know how to journalize. I guess we know how to journalize. <laughs> and um, so, but you're also you're catering to millennials who, right. who don't read long things sure, at least. Sure, so sure. you've got this like balancing act. Well, it presents a really Does, unique challenge. Is sure. that true? Do, do millennials not read long form stuff? I, I think millennials do read long form. I, I think if you find something, if you find somebody that's passionate, mm-hmm. right, they're going to read about yeah. whatever they're passionate about. Um, but on the whole, I, I think that that is a really unique challenge that we face. Um, and one way we handle that is with economy. Um, you you read your traditional beer article and it's five minutes of throat clearing and explaining what they're going to tell you and mm-hmm. then they tell you we just tell you we don't need okay. we don't need that um, I think we're we're young we're fun we we like beer um, yeah we're it's kind of like the vice of uh, the vice of beer okay <laughs> what about other alcoholic beverages we'll write about them yeah. Um, the site is primarily focused on beer because that's my personal mm-hmm. passion. Uh, but we we write about whiskey as well. Um, and you know, the, uh, another example is our show. We've done whiskey episode. We've done mm-hmm. sake episode, which mead. is technically a beer. We've done mead. We haven't. Um, we actually haven't done wine yet, but because I've always wanted to get like a wine expert, like a sommelier or sure, some sort, sure. to kind of guide us through because. Yeah. It just, you know, we would be missing so much. Our right. palates just can't, we, our palates just wouldn't detect all of, and we wouldn't know what to buy, put on the show anyway. Sure. So, you know, we actually haven't done a wine show. We actually, yeah. I should kind of put that back on the plate and try to get that set we up. an April Fool's wine show, but that was... That was <laughs> an much, April Fool's wine show. It was us being silly. Um, but I, I think that, you know, the the culture around drinks in general has moved on from just being beer versus wine. Sure. All these different spirits and all these amalgams of, of spirits. Like I've really gotten into enjoying like a good cocktail, the bars that will produce, you know, I sometimes look at their cocktail list and see, okay, let's see what's here because that is good and refreshing and you can make some really interesting and creative stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. We're, we're looking to get more into, um, 
we also so we pitch ourselves not necessarily as a as a beer magazine but a lifestyle magazine mm-hmm. for beer drinkers um like so, cigar magazine or something like that. It's not necessarily about cigars. It's a lifestyle magazine for people who are cigar smokers. Yeah, that's an, that's. I I don't know that magazine, but that sounds right. <laughs> Greg just made it up. No, oh. no. You, you've seen a cigar <laughs> fancy or something like that. Cigar, <laughs> cigar, I know there's like aficionado or yeah, something. Yeah, cigar right, aficionado. Cigar aficionado. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so cigar no, it's fancy. Yeah. No, it's cat fancy. <laughs> no, cat no, fancy like, isn't for fancy like, cats. It's, it's for people like who some, like cats. Right, they have right. a picture for, of some celebrity on there who's smoking a cigar. And it's always you know they have right. you know right. an article about the celebrity, and they'll have you know cigar talk, but they also talk about other stuff. Yeah. So we just we just had, for instance, the opportunity to interview um, Ivan Orkin from Ivan Ramen in New York City, okay. um, which is one of the I think six. Um, episodes on the new season of netflix's uh chef's table ah so you know we got to talk to him about sake and uh fine dining and they have a pretty great beer menu so that was a piece of it as well you know beers roll in fine dining um but it wasn't necessarily an interview about Mm -hmm. yeah that that isn't you bring up an interesting point with the beers roll in uh fine dining which is, um, here, go ahead. Um, I get to travel a lot. In fact, I get it with my job, and I'm, I'm going to Tucson again uh, in oh, two weeks. My um, parents live there. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just there. Um, my uh, the company I work for is headquartered in Tucson, so oh, I go cool. there twice a year. Thank you. But one thing I've noticed, um, you know, being around Seattle and San Francisco and other places like that, is that. A lot of these really nice restaurants, which I try to go to when I go out to these places, have beer selection now. It's not just wine. They'll also give you some interesting beers, t- typically local, but mm-hmm. that's even better, um, To you know that will recommend with a really nice meal. So it's great to see that now, that it's really being considered not as not like you have to go to a particular place that serves beer with the food, but it's just expected that you have a beer that will go with your food. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting. I think we're we're right at the edge where people might still balk at a at a $30 bottle of beer. Mm-hmm. But would not even look twice for a $30 $30 bottle of wine. True. And I, but I that's think, twice as much wine. Is it twice? Well, well it depends. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. a big bottle of beer. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I was thinking a bomber, but Sure. Okay. Uh but I think that's that's changing and you know you go into the gramercy tavern in in new york um and their beer menu is extensive and Mm -hmm. very well put together and is being held in the same esteem as you know the wine or the whiskey on their menu so I, i think the general cultural respect is increasing which is great it's fantastic cool yeah all right, so this next beer we got. This was a crawler that just came in the mail from Gary Frank. Or, our benefactor. Our, our old benefactor. Shout out, Gary. He has sent us many beers over the years. This is from Redwood Curtains Brewing Company. They're in Humboldt County, Northern California. Never heard of the brewery until these cans came, these crawlers came. And this is their Belgian Pale Ale, 6.7% ABV. And it was uh, crawled on 3.5. They use Gambrinus Pale Malt, Imported Caramel Malt, Perlay, and Styrian Goldings Hops with their proprietary Belgian LE strain, 35 IBU. 
the first thing I noticed in the smell was something that was either sweet or acetone, and I couldn't figure out which mm. one it was. You are super sensitive to acetones in that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you've been listening to any of the pre-shows, you know I got that 3D printer. One way you can smooth out your ABS prints is putting it in an acetone vapor bath. So I had a container, a sealed container of, uh, like a Tupperware container of acetone sitting in here. And Greg's like, oh my God, <laughs> and I couldn't smell it. So we fumigated the whole room. Got him down, but now it's, he's smelling. It's smelling. For the record, I couldn't smell. I couldn't smell the acetone. Like, I'm, so I'm, I'm not smelling smell. acetone at all in this beer. I am smelling this big banana punch. You know, maybe that. Maybe it's yeah, just it's like an ester. Yeah, it's a it's banana so ester. It, it smells. You know, it's called a Belgian pale ale, but as soon as I smelled it, it smells like a hefe. You know, there's super banana-y. Now, now that now that I can configure my nose to that sort of perception, <laughs> that, right. that makes a right lot lens. more sense. Sure. Yeah. It's like a bready banana bread almost. Yeah, there's definitely some vanillins in there, so you're getting that banana vanilla mm. combination. A little bit of cloviness now that I really like dig into it and look for it. Mm-hmm. As I continue to smell, I'm getting a kind of a wheat type character, mm. uh, almost like wheat beer, but you know, definitely not, not like coriander or anything that would come along with it, right? And as I keep smelling, I'm starting to smell a little tiny bit of acetone. <laughs> <laughs> the color is um, kind of bronzish, light bronze, huge banana flavor, some vanilla notes. What? I'm not tasting anything awful. Not tasting anything awful. Tasting what feels like a little bit of an off flavor. I'll let you know if I get there. What are you getting? A little bit of a dampening mm. uh, from the acetone, from an acetone-like component. There's kind of a little sting on the tongue, right? Um, There's a kind of a residual sweetness. Yeah. yeah. As, aside from that, you know, I'm getting this kind of dry. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just got hit with it now. Mm-hmm. It feels it, it feels kind of old and a little cardboardy. Uh, it's like some of the flavor has been mm-hmm. leached out, and. Um, yeah, it it feels very flat in places. Mm. When was it crowled? Uh, March fifth. Oh, so very recently. Yeah, it just came in the mail two days ago. Yeah, I don't. You know. Want to try the other one? Um, I guess. <laughs> Might as well do it quick before. <laughs> yeah. Were there any not let it sit around yeah. for another week? We were not sure we wanted to open both crawlers. Big these for, for those who don't know, crawlers are gigantic Here, thirty-two ounce cans, one quart cans. So it's a relatively recent development, right? Yeah. Was it Oscar Blues invented that? Um, it wouldn't surprise me, giving the yeah. they're the can innovators. I hadn't heard that. I don't know. I probably saw my first Crowler at Oscar Blues. I was out at the GBF a couple years ago. Oh, wow. And I was at one of their things, and they were filling Crowlers. So maybe. <laughs> yeah, I see, them, I see them all over the place now. They're great. So what's this one? This is the uh, Coniferous Pale. I like their, uh, their labels. Coniferous Citrus Pale Ale. Uh, Crisp Best Pale Malt Galaxies and Zeus Hops 06277 
Oh, the old <laughs> zero favorite. two six seven seven. <laughs> and Simcoe with an English yeast strain. Something a little different. Yeah, that definitely is not the same as the last year. Zero two six seven seven is Denali. Okay. Oh. We've had a bunch of Denali beers lately. We had the single hopped uh, okay. from Flying Dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought we had another one. But I'm drawing a Did blank. We, was it Night Out that had the Denali? Mm, that might have been it. So this one gives you kind of blood orange and. There's there's definitely like a grassy hop note there. Uh, Big kind of nugget influences, right? There's yeah, of, yeah, yeah. These you know citrus and slight pine stuff. Some sulfury stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely get some Simcoe uh, and uh, sulfur, little oniony note on there. Really juicy, you know. The malts are kind of on the, you know. How, how, okay, it's changing as I'm as I'm as I'm talking. I'm getting more flavors. I'm integrate, trying to integrate the information as it's coming in. Uh, you know, there's it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's this, this doesn't isn't tracking easily. There's no mm-hmm. point you can say. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is yeah. I mean, so it's really juicy up front. The malt's not particularly bready. It's like. Seems like a high percentage of pale malt with maybe a little bit of caramel in there, but not too much. But the juiciness is, it seems like it's coming through from the hops, right? You're getting that kind of sweet, you know, hop candy yeah, type yeah. character. And yeah, I would say there's a bare, like, saltine level of malt yeah. here. There's, yeah. not, there's not really much here to support it. And then you get into, you know, once you get into the hop candy, you're getting, you're toying with different flavors, but, you know, it's not. It's not that tropical passion fruit mango thing, right? You're definitely getting some of that kind of Simcoe-esque sulfury type character mm-hmm. as well. It's not. It's not like the bright. It's not the bright kind of northeast right. style. It's. Uh, it, it's. It's less. It, it's more dank. It's yeah, a little earthier mm-hmm. along those you know those west coast I mean, styles. I think that while know, while being dank, I, I still think that this the, oh, the hops are really mm-hmm. bright in here. You know, it, it, this seems like it's a fresh beer into a fresh crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a bright beer. I guess I just meant it's not kind yeah. of the, the dripping. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It, it, yeah. It, so we have a nota- a shorthand notation we use on our show. Oh, yeah. And well, we have a whole bunch of things. we got the laws <laughs> of craft beer radio and all kinds of things. But the, the one we've been using most recently is the phases of IPA. So we call phase, phase one IPA the, the Chinook Cascade Centennial, you know, classic IPA. Phase two includes things like primarily Simcoe, but Tomahawk, Zeus, Amarillo. Amarillo, things like that. And those guys are kind of dank and sulfury and things like yeah. that. That's where and triple phase... IPAs came from, you know, when they're really trying to over-extenuate the right, bitterness. Right. And, and, and then phase three IPAs are this new generation of Galaxy, Galaxy Mosaic, yeah. Motuica, where it's this tropical passion fruit right. mango thing. So... It seems like a lot of beers recently are falling. We call it like a two and a half, right? Because right, it has right. it has some notes <laughs> of the new phase. It has some notes of the previous phase. It's rare you get a like an IPA that is really noteworthy that is like straight up phase one anymore. Right. Yeah, those are well. I mean, we're so used to those flavors now. Mm-hmm. It's hard to 
be exceptional with those kind of flavors at this point. I was, right. Yeah, I was in um, I was at a beer store today, and uh, I heard a guy talking to the cashier about uh, Hop Slam, and he just said, you know, I think the the recipes changed. It's just doesn't taste like what it used to be. And, no, no, your palate's changed. Uh, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was wondering whether that's the case, or you know, the the whole industry is just. You know, um, I had some Hop Slam this year, and I was refreshed. It was better than I than I remember. Hmm. I, it was good. But, yeah, I mean, people's palates, palates have yeah, been recalibrated, yeah, and changing by what's out there for sure. So back to this Redwood culture. It um, starts out kind of interesting because it starts out with a kind of slam of that sort of cracker and a bit of aqueousness. Um, then it kind of goes into the kind of oniony orange Right, a little bit of, of like green onion and blood orange, and the onion sort of fades, and the orange gets a little bit more bitter and stronger, a little bit of rindiness, and then mm-hmm. it kind of finishes. So this is five point, This is five point one ABV. Five point nine. Oh, uh, they, they, they wrote five point one on the can. Okay. So whoever wrote in the sharpie wrote five point one. Maybe a mistake. Who knows? Maybe accurate. If it is five point one, I would say you know it has a nice body, nice flavor for. An almost session beer, mm-hmm. sure. Where you know, think of the delicious, uh, the delicious IPA we had in the uh, first one. Right? It was two percent more, uh-huh. and these have equivalent bodies to yeah. It, so, uh, the delicious had more of the phase three ish stuff that I like, of course. I mean, oh sure, I'm talking about you're a, yeah. you're a phase three guy, big time. I'm also a phase three guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who I, can't be? We, <laughs> so good. we got pretty sick of IPAs for a while. I, I'm right there with you. I was like, I don't want to. I don't want another one. Yeah, I drink uh, anything else. Yeah. And now there's a whole huge, vast supply of these great new IPAs that are coming. It's around. back, it's like, baby. Yeah, yeah. IPAs are back. IPAs are back. You heard it. Who would have thought? You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a short hiatus. Yeah, a hibernation, if you will. I mean. It, Needed other times for you know other stuff to grow and other totally. other yeah. flavors to to be allowed sort of into the conversation. Sour, I think the mm-hmm. sour revolution. That's just something we talked about a lot. Is that was something that I'm happy to say I, I mean I'm not pressing or anything, but I predicted that the sours were going to be pretty pretty strong for a while. I'm still waiting on the meated beer revolution. Right, <laughs> meated. That, that was a uh, tongue in cheek prediction I had about seven years ago. Was the meated beers are coming. I, had, I mean, there's a few. I had a beer aged on uh, hogs' heads the other day. Yeah, um, I've had. Um, there's the dogfish scra- head, scrapple beer from dogfish. Beer for breakfast. Yeah. There's one that I had a beer head that has bacon in it or something. So yeah, there's yeah. there's stuff like that. Do you it, know it's, Earth Eagle? No, I don't think so. There, I, I don't. Earth Eagle Brewery. Um, they rock. They're just okay. Some badass. Where are they brewers. from? Uh, I believe New Hampshire, but okay. let me double check because I'm gonna make a fool of myself. Um, yeah, Earth Eagles in in New Hampshire. Um, yeah, the the guy aged aged this beer over four different hogsheads. Not sure if he killed him himself or not. Um, <laughs> Which I hope they were dead. I mean, particularly badass. Yeah. Oh God, what a what a way to go. Like um, Ordelons. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. I'd still like to try and order one someday. Uh, I would too. Just to say I've had it. Right. Do you know what no, Ortolans I have no idea. What okay, those so Ortolans are, are um, a songbird, a, a baby. <laughs> like a little sparrow type. Like thing. baby sparrow. That are. Um, they they um, keep them in a cage. They traditionally, I don't know, you know, it's, it's well, Ortolan is illegal in France, which is where the dish is from. You're not allowed to have, prepare Ortolan because you peck the bird's eyes out. So it, uh, or you know, so it eats uncontrollably, and then you you feed it lots of grain of some sort, sure. get it really fat. Then you drown it in cognac, mm. so its lungs are filled with cognac, mm. and then you roast it, and um, then you eat it whole. Then you, you eat it, it whole, yeah. but it's such a shameful thing. You eat it underneath a napkin. You put your whole head underneath a napkin and eat it. Because it's so it's horrifying. shameful to right. eat it. Well, there, there's two there's two explanations for it. One is that it's shameful. The other is that you want to get all the aromas right, and right. stuff. So, Thank you. you know, it depends on who you ask. Oh, wow. uh, I imagine it's a combination of, of, of the two. <laughs> all right. So for the next beer, it, actually it's a double barrel here. We're going to be doing uh, two versions of Speedway Stout. Uh, they're both regular Speedway Stout. They're not the, you know, the coffee or the cocoa or anything, but Fancy they're different brand. versions. We got the, uh, what, 2013? Yeah, we got a 2013. Yeah, bottled on November of 2013, and then we got a 2016. So this is Kenny's special gift to us. Yeah, so thank you so gift. much. My pleasure. So we're going so to try to do your other glasses, and I will give you a bit of the 2016 as well. Make sure we keep this noted, which one is which. Right. I'm putting the 2016 on the right. 2013-2016. Man, I'm going to be having dreams about those baby sparrows. <laughs> Sorry about that. Good dreams or bad dreams? <laughs> Depends. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Could be delicious. I don't know. It's one of those things where all the ingredients sound actually good, and it's just, <laughs> but, but it's the whole... The process. The process, yeah. It's about the destination, not, mm -hmm. the, not the journey. <laughs> so Speedway Stout, Alesmith, um, in, um, where is Alesmith? Alesmith is from San Diego. San Diego, San Diego. is right. Speaking of which, I just saw uh, there was an article about San Diego breweries uh, that was not a shocker to me, but nonetheless uh, said that Ballast Point is now the biggest brewer in San Diego. Oh, yeah, the, well, the Brewers yeah. Association just released their numbers for 2016. There are a few surprises. Well, they they, they wouldn't yeah. have included Ballast Point in their numbers, right? Because I guess they got bought, right? Constellation yeah. Brands. Yeah. But they, so they're a, a, you know, got a billion-dollar cash infusion. It's not really surprising. Well, they're not. That they're now number one. <laughs> yeah, that's Because when you get a billion dollars, you can probably make a lot of beer. You That's a lot of wealth to throw around. Right. <laughs> Buy a jet, make beer. Okay, so I'm, I'm starting with the 13. If you grab them both, smell them both, because I mean, right away you can pick up the oxidation oh, wow. in the 13. Yeah, big time. The 16 has this great coffee aroma. Yeah, almost as like a chili pepper kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of get the, that peppery, yeah, um, or uh, like a yeah, like a dried chili, mm -hmm. like a or a um, paprika type aroma. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's really like fresh, and then the 13 has a fair amount of oxidation on the aroma. Different beer almost. Yeah, some sherry notes, some, mm. you know, those dark pit fruits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, prunes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At first I was smelling it, it was smelling a little bit 
plasticky grass tone, but you know, I, I kind of smelled it a little bit I better, and now I'm getting more prunes. Ox- and... Oxygen, uh, um, the the beers that get the oxidation on them, if you let them sit for a little mm-hmm. bit, let them air, like a red wine. Yeah, let it air. It, and yeah, definitely, it's helped. It now I'm smelling like old ale type aromas, mm-hmm. where you're getting that nice. Um, what I'm looking for, but you know, it's kind of that sherry. You know, it's right, where yeah. it's not cardboardy. It's not definitely not hot and boozy. It smells like a cellar. Yeah, yeah. It's a cellar with a little bit of malt syrup. Mm. You know, it's been around there for a while. So it, it, it's interesting how much coffee aroma is in the 2016 versus the 2013. Yeah, the, the color is black. Uh, it's got, you know, if you hold up the light, you'll get tan highlights. It's really, really dark. Not much of a head. Okay. 12%, uh, 70 IBU. And, of course, we are drinking these in our Spielblau snifters, as always. And they just started putting these in, in cans, I was saying earlier. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned that before the show. And you, you said you wanted to talk about aging with the cans. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of a new frontier that i that i don't think people have really addressed because it hasn't been an issue Mm -hmm. to this point um people talk about aging in bottles because most of the times the beers that you can age your sours your stouts um your those styles of beers Mm -hmm. uh come in your 750 milliliter bottles uh and that's changing i mean oh absolutely this beer we're drinking now is now in 16 ounce cans i have uh some barrel aged gratitude from east end in the cellar totally cans right and yeah i mean it's it's it feels weird right it feels weird just because you're not used to it there's nothing you think about it it. yeah what's there's nothing so you hear all the merits of cans right they don't break they're lighter they're more recyclable they don't let in oxygen we had a brief conversation with a friend of ours uh Long-time listener of the show, Greg, who lives in New Zealand, and he's working on. He's he has this very small brewery. It's almost like a almost like a home brewery that can sell beer. You know, nana, <laughs> he's yeah. working on. Yeah, Nana. I guess you would qualify as a Nana right now. But when he was at the Craft Brewers Conference, he was really pickling the canning companies about total dissolved oxygen in the beers, Which and is a big they're issue. really yeah. funny. With this is all. I have it from one source, and that's Greg, and I haven't done any follow-up <laughs> research, but it seems like they're, they're, it might be like a, a dark secret of canning where like the oxygen numbers are a lot higher than... They are higher. ...than mm-hmm. what people are saying, and he was you know trying to, trying to pin down like what it really is. So I don't have any conclusions. That's about all the information I have. But you know if that's true, then... Canning is it because like cans. is it because a nitrogen blast would be too expensive, and therefore they're just using air? Well, I, I think it. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the like the mobile canners don't have the systems that right. they purge with CO two, but I don't know. I'm not in the right, I'm right. not in the packaging enough to to know the ins and outs, right? Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, that's the kind of thing you got to, that's got to be your job to to really know. I think of, I mean, when I think of dissolved oxygen and, you know, breweries who are really looking at that, I think of Hill Farmstead and I think um, what they're doing to, you know, minimize the amount of oxygen that happens in their beers is 
terrific. I think they're really at the the forefront of that in the industry. Um, and I don't think they can. I could be mistaken. What is their process? Um, that's a really interesting question, and I think it gets very technical. Um, I don't. I'm I don't think. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I can send you some information. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable uh, talking about that. Um, that's actually a piece that we're looking to work oh, on oh, in the very cool. near future. I look forward to reading it. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I think I, I just know um, from talking to different people that that they're kind of on the the cutting edge, and they're all they're mm-hmm. all bottles. Um, mm-hmm. So I I do wonder, but but you look at a lot of the the IPA makers, the really good IPA makers, and IPA is the style where you. Well, probably... the thing about IPA is that you know, if you don't have IPA within three months, you're really missing out. Sure, you're doing sure. a service, yeah. So you, you know, but they're canning, you're not, right? You're not worried about oxygen oh, for that's a good, three months. Yeah, period. that's a good point. You know, if you're doing a can, a barrel aged barley wine in a can. Hopefully, the thing can last for 10 years, right? And again, I'm not a chemist. I don't know how much (laughs) that upfront oxygen, because I think once it's sealed, you're not getting additional oxygen. But I think the initial upfront numbers are much higher than in a bottle. Sure, sure. And it's something to consider. Like in my cellar, I only have that gratitude from East End is the only can. You know, I've never put 1050 in the cellar because it's filtered, right? So it's not going to have the yeast in there to maintain it and keep it Mm -hmm. going. And whatnot. So, I mean, that was like the first cellarable beer to put in a cellar. But at least to the best of my understanding, it's not a live beer. But is that is that a requirement? I just think of. I think it is. I yeah, think I, I think like, you need to put live. You can't sell a beer that isn't live. What about like um, Rodenbach Grand Cru? Oh, it's absolute. Well, it's it's not a it's it? not it's not a. I guess it. Yeah, I guess it is. Well. Because I'd always heard... I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily sell... I mean, I think Grand Crew comes... You know, Rodenbach pretty much comes ready to drink. I don't right, know right, what yeah. you get from cellaring it. Um, but yeah. yeah. So I, never, I never cellared a Grand Crew. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it obviously is age. Sure, sure. But when it gets to you, do you really cellar it? Not that I know of. Right. It's not going to get any more sour. I mean, yeah. It's it, not going it, it, right? it, it is shelf-stable, right? I mean, so yeah, it is pasteurized. Uh, generally, I don't put beers that are pasteurized or filtered right in the cellar and i think most people are similar who are right. cellaring beers right uh, i mean because you, you know you, there's yeast in the bottle to keep they're the maintenance workers they're the ones that are keeping in a, in a crown cap bottle they're the ones that are keeping that oxygen a bit right you know and things like that so you have to have a live beer in your cellar hmm. have we tried this yet i've been trying it back and forth i've been and... doing i just started with the 2016 um, you know, let it warm mm-hmm. up a little bit, and it's so pretty. It's got significant hoppiness on it. Um, it's got some coffee notes. Coffee notes are big. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's, it's not. It's not very. It's, it has a nice mellowness mellowness to it. You know where it seems like it's. It's probably late 2016, right? But it seems like it has a good year on mm-hmm. it already. It has this nice mellow mouthfeel to it, not too boozy, not too ashy or anything like that. Um, it's a really nice beer. I'm really enjoying it. You know, yeah. it's an old friend. I mean, we've had Speedway on the show probably two or three times, but uh, you know, I don't remember the coffee notes being as prominent mm. as it is in this one. The 
Okay, they just had the 2013 for the first time. Yeah. You might have to take more than one sip of the 2013. Uh, for me, my first sip was, you know, it was an abrasive change. But it, as it, I, it's, a, it's a change. It's, but it's, as I took more sips, you know, I kind of dialed in on it, and it has merits of its own for sure. Yeah, it, it comes across as almost carob-like, some of the, the qualities mm. to it. Uh, you know, not quite chocolate, more on like the, the carob note. Uh, has these interesting, you know, kind of like subtle fruity bits, but it really does dial into like a, a truffle, like a chocolate truffle sort okay. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a little a little bit more of that ashy note that you were talking about, right. too. To it's more oxidized it, than yeah. I would have expected. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it's celery notes. Is that like how you stored it or... or? Oh, I meant notes oh. on celering in general. Oh, on celery in general. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I mean, the beer started with me. I I bought it when I lived in New York. Mm-hmm. I was writing for the last magazine that I was working for, um, and just kept it and <laughs> moved to California. Where, where, and moved back to Pittsburgh. Oh, geez, where did it spend most of its yeah. life? Like, 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 where was it sitting? Uh, it was in a very dark very temperature stable place okay. um and I, I think the only time it moved was actually when i brought it from new york to pittsburgh um okay. so yeah one of the things that we we haven't talked about this in forever but when we used to give guidance about cellaring you know your perfect cellar is like under 60 you know in the high 50s yeah. now yeah. not 50s, many people 60s. are going to be able to handle that <laughs> but the next best thing you can do is minimize temperature fluctuations right so it sounds like you know that's where you were aiming for too, right? Right, and also light. You know, yeah, keep it keep oh, it out of light, and, keep it wrapped and, in a blanket, and motion. So trying to keep it at still. Yeah, the, the still thing that causes the oxidation more than anything else is that chemical change. It really it's the heating. It's not the cooling. It's the heating part that causes the oxidation. Uh, but the less flux in temperature, the less you're going to have problems. Sure. Yeah. So the 2013 has. Um, yeah, like I would call it a significant amount of oxidation. You know, it kind of feels a bit like an old ale. The coffee notes are not really apparent. Uh, they come in in the aftertaste. Okay, they they kind of they fill the mouth. That that might be the coffee from the other one coming back. It's, <laughs> it is possible. You're drinking them at the same time. I can't. Yeah. I can't uh, remove. That I mean, that's kind of how I. That's how I'm analyzing that flavor. Is that's leftover from the other glass. Hmm. I actually didn't know this beer had coffee in it until recently when they came out with the cans and I read the uh, press release. Oh, okay. And I saw that because um, I know there's coffee Speedway, right? There's a variant? There's a couple of variants. So one of the things I just saw yesterday on Twitter, Caliente, during Pittsburgh Craft yeah, Beer Week, uh-huh. is doing a Pine Derby, right? Pinewood Derby race. Oh, nice. So back to your Cub Scout days. Yeah. And um, Alesmith is, is kind of sponsoring it oh, or cool. whatever. So and there, if, if the ticket is 50 bucks. You get your Pinewood Derby kit car. <laughs> you get a buffet. You get a pint of... You get the taste, like four variants of Speedway and then a pint of Alesmith IPA or something. And then there's prizes for the winner. That's it's, awesome. It, you know, I've been... So I got the young kids, right? So I've not been really involved with Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. But if I were, I wanted to do some fun, neat 
type event and like that is like why didn't i think of yeah that? That <laughs> that's perfect i really like the idea behind the these are those pinewood derby small, like things little, you build yeah. yeah yeah it's a little car about this big wood, it right? goes on a slope it's not balsa but um it's on a slope track and you know yeah, cub scouts do it i yeah. think and, they're they're shutting down the fort pit tunnel for that one right <laughs> <laughs> um but you know that's like the perfect kind of oddball craft beer event that mm. i can get behind Designing, drinking high alcohol beers and designing Pinewood Derby cars. <laughs> well, you got to build the car in advance. You're just racing it. Okay. But there's, uh, they're going to have prizes for the fastest car, the um, kind of the best in show car, and then the, like the most unique car. Sure. That's uh, a great idea. I, I would, I would have bought my tickets already, but it's prime soccer season, and I don't know if we're going to be available for it. So. <laughs> But it is it is really interesting to note the differences between these. I think maybe the, the yeah, 2013 was a little old. Um, it's a little more oxidized than perhaps you know it, it is. Yeah, is. I think it's like down the hill, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's not. In hindsight, you should have drank it earlier. But how, is, how do you know? It's one right. of those things. Yeah. You never it's the danger in, in yeah. aging, I suppose. They make for wine. I know they make the um, Coravin. Do you know about I'm that? I'm not sure. Um, oh, this is it's just sort of like a, a it's needle. Like the that needle, goes in. Yeah. it it mm-hmm. shoots the inert argon gas or something. Okay, science. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, actually, I've I, I've seen a wine tap system that uses argon to push the wine out. Sure. So, but I've only so. seen it. I've never seen it used. I've never seen a beer person use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen it used frequently. In, in well, a beer person world. could use carbon dioxide, right? The reason that sure. you can't push wine with nitro or co2 is you're going to turn it in champagne mm. of sorts right you're gonna make it bubbly and people don't want to do that so you have to use uh noble gas or something that won't right. dissolve yeah huh that and, makes a lot of sense i never actually thought i didn't think that. about that either but yeah that's true yeah, you <laughs> can just use carbon no i don't know why he used why he used argon and not helium that's an interesting question maybe helium's too hard to helium find will, helium will you if you make a hole it'll get out of that hole so yeah, helium. Yeah. Will I mean, but escape. it probably leaks through gaskets a lot easier than argon does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, helium superfluid. It will go through anything. You'll turn it into a fizzy lifting drink with helium. <laughs> <laughs> helium will get out. That's super bad science. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the yeah. but but is there an issue with the fact that it's carbonated doing some sort of pull? Does that cause any issues? Like a pressure. Maybe issue. that's why like I pressurization problem. Well, I mean, it, I don't know. You know, again, you're kind of limited with. Uh, so beers that are corked are often caged, right? So you can't get the needle straight down through. You're going to take the cage off. You know, right. it, it's a lot of work. It's for, a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. To, to taste your. It's it's tough. I mean, when we did the um, the stone vertical, right? We did the stone vertical mm. of um, vertical which, epic, vertical epic, which we had 2013. We didn't have 2012. It was no into 2012. No, we had 2013 was, through 20. It was. We had everyone but two, 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 right? And some of them were better aged than others, and mm. it just. And and even the older ones, some of them were better than others. It just you know it's it's not you can't necessarily say okay this is at a this is past its prime. You don't know, right? Yeah, um, no, definitely you know um, 
four years is too old for Speedway. We know that now. Well, now we know. Lesson learned. Now we know. You, a valuable service to everyone. Judging by the taste, I'm guessing three years. Three years is kind of spot on. I mean, yeah, three. Three sounds about right. Uh, two I don't know. Three. I think that. I, mean, I think that. I don't know. I couldn't imagine being better than 2016. The, the 2016. Terrific. Yeah, it's a terrific. I, year. I, I, how's it going to get better? A little bit of these dark fruit and cherry flavors in with that coffee. I don't know. I don't know. This this 2016, it, we can talk about this in, you know, when we do our rankings, but you know, it was mellow enough. It wasn't harsh and it had bright coffee. I think that is I think that's the perfect speedway right there. Do we know when this was bottled? When in 2016? I, I think it it's on there um in like a yellow stamp. Uh, if we can find it, that would be awesome. But I don't I want to waste I, all day looking for I'll, it. I'll take a look if you want to <laughs> yeah, sure. get on to the next thing, because I thought I saw it earlier today. Well, the next thing, our final beer of the night, is, no, is occasion. Oh, that. <laughs> the next thing. I forgot to, to get the, the sound uh, up for that. I'll take the cage off then. Du, 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 du. Right, here you go. The next thing is the commercial. So, of course, we talk about this all the time. If you want to support us, just go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Why? Because that way you'll go right to Amazon.com, but you'll be giving us 6% of what you pay Amazon. It's really simple. You pay the same price for whatever you buy, 6% of it goes to us. And we get taxed on that. So it's not like we get it, you know, gratis. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> Three, four percent of that six percent after the tax man yeah. cometh. But um, it helps us to get beer. It helps us to get equipment. It helps us all types. Yeah, absolutely. And every time you start shopping at Amazon, just start cra- start by going to craftbeerradio.com/slash/amazon. Can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> I looked hard. It's not that big of a bottle. It's okay. But, I mean, I just thought that was great. Would you like a little bit of the screen flush? Yeah, that'd be great. There is a, I don't know what, like, the, the, the bump, braille no, that's, on the bottom that's a That's a manufacturing thing oh, at, the, at the glass company. <laughs> I don't think Green Flush or Aerosmith has the technology to put bumps on a bottle. So this is Green Flush's Natura Morta Cherry, part of their Cellar 3 line. Uh, it's they call it a Belgian style saison, uh, fooder fermented, uh, with uh, fooder fermented with bretomyces, aged and refermented in red wine barrels with sweet dark cherry puree. Uh, so six months aged. Um, this is the 2015 batch of 01. Okay, uh, 6.5% alcohol by volume, 14 IBU. This was released January 2016, so probably was, you know, originally. Yeah, this was uh, one of the beers Heather picked up for my birthday. Ah. I'm holding the glass at my waist and I can smell it. <laughs> yeah, no, there's some funk. So. Tart. Tart. There's a little bit of washed rind cheese mm. aromas coming off of this. We have kind of a dark rose color. Yeah, the, the cherry, of course. Mm-hmm. Supercharged cherry, a little bit of like um, granite or you know like a, like a cracked stone or something. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't smell super bready, bretty, but it mm-hmm. does have a little bit of that. Yeah, it, you know it's it 
it's more of a live culture, right? right? It's not just all Brett. You know, there's different things in there. It does, you know, it's in the ballpark of a Flanders. Now, it does not smell like Rodenbach. There's, it's definitely a little bit more, I'd say, minerally. It's more, um, you know, like uh, maybe a bit yogurty. Yeah, I think yogurty is is a good yogurty. But it's not like it's not like a lactose. So here here's something we show a lot of our guests. So when we want to open up the aroma on the beer, we will take the glass, mm. hold it over till there's about an inch. It's about an inch from spilling out. Now just rotate the glass like this. It'll coat the edge of the glass and open up the surface area. So now when you smell, you'll smell much more beer. And you'll never guess who taught us that trick. That is an incredible trick, I'll say, first of all. You know who taught us that trick? The brewmasters the Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> we uh, sat oh, in man. on one of their... Well, sat in. I, I don't know how, how official it was, but we they, they took us through their tasting process when they taste 12 or 13 Budweiser's from all over the world. Uh, wow. and or, or Beck's or some, some beer yeah. that they produce. And they do this process with them and they rank them and you know we were we only did it with one beer we didn't do it with you know a whole bunch of different Budweiser's we did it with one of their beers but it was interesting because there's a lot of notes that you can pull out if you're really really concentrating even on a beer as empty shall we say as Budweiser or the Bat Blue or something like that right well, you need every inch, every square millimeter of surface area to get the aroma out of those beers. <laughs> uh, but no, it's a great way to it's, open up aroma. That's terrific. I, I it's better really... than swirling. Yeah. And uh, so there you go. Something you'll have Thank the rest you. of your life. Thank you. What a gift. <laughs> Sages. And these Spiegel glasses, you need to get some of these if yeah. you don't have Oh, them. these are terrific. Yeah. this I really like this this glass company. They, they, that's the company I want to pay us money. I want them to sponsor us because <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have any qualms because they're the best product on the planet. You don't feel bad yeah. promoting a terrific product. No. Yeah. Until someone shows me a better beer glass, it's Spiegelow. This is very tart. Um, that's the principal thing I'm getting, lots of cherry. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously a bit of vinous quality because I mean, it's, it's in the wine barrels. Um, yeah, the vinous... You know, I'm getting a, a cheesy type character mm-hmm. too. You know, kind of, uh, it's not as stinky as Limburger. It's somewhere between um, a Brie and, you know, and Limburger. I'm drawing a blank <laughs> on something in between those. But, you know, the yeasty, the yeasty rind on a Brie, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it, like, it's a little bit old and funky and a little bit tart, you know, and towards that total stink out of Limburger. It's, you know, about a third of the way there. I just can't think of another cheese that gets us there. I'm really getting dialed in on that. There's kind of a, it's kind of a, like a fruit pit type thing, you know, oh, cherry pits or apricot pits or something like that. Kind of a, kind of a woody minerally something or another that's making me think of. It's very tart. It's got a lot of cherry. It's a bit empty. Really? Yeah, I'm not... I'm not like jonesing on it, right? I'm not like saying, oh, wow, this is filling my mouth with all types of wonderful things. It feels very 
compact and it feels mm. like I'm just getting a very narrow focus. You'd like a little more of a layer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like a little yeah, like a little bit more um stuff going on mm. than this feels it just feels a bit kind of one note. Does it feel like a chord? You know, as I'm drinking this, I'm getting a I got a real quick note that kind of reminded me of like a homemade cherry cola or something like mm-hmm. that. We yeah. had cherry sauce. Right. And um, you know, so there's a bit of that you know, there's that kind of saturated cherry, but then maybe a little bit of tobacco or something on the back end coming through. So, yeah, I mean, if this was a, a composition, it's, it's, you know, it's um, chopsticks. Do, 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 do. There's, not, <laughs> there's not a lot happening here. It, it's, it's fine, and, it, it, you know, it's catchy, but I'm not going to be, like, blown away. There's other beers where there's a whole orchestra sure happening and this is just a little piano playing is chopsticks. it is it half of chopsticks or is it no both? it's both it's both, it's, it's, it's both okay. parts but that's not you know that's not what i go to right a concert to see or it's not bach right yeah if you like bach i don't i mean harpsichords are definitely more interesting than pianos in, in a weird way but uh it's not mozart it's not mozart <laughs> yeah fair enough What do you think, Jeff? I liked it a lot. It's not the most uh, in-depth sour that I've had, but mm-hmm. I, I think it it crosses that threshold of being satisfying. It's completely satisfying for me. I'm enjoying it. It's yeah. Is it the most amazing? No, but is it? Oh yeah, I, it, it's, you know it's it's. It, 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 so nothing wrong with it. Like, like what I, I, I bought. Yeah, I, yeah, you like chopsticks. I, 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 so, so the chopstick has, has a, you know, it, you can. I'm going to have to use it. a whiskey analogy to kind of to, to send this one home, and that is, I love Lagavulin, right? Uh-huh. Highly Scotch, super peaty campfire, right? But I didn't want to pay the seventy-five to eighty dollars for a bottle of Lagavulin, so I bought a bottle of Lafroy Quarter Cask, hoping it was good enough to f- fool me into, you know. Not getting the lag of woolen, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Now, this is the opposite. This is good enough to mm. fool, you know, that I'd be satisfied with compared to buying Rodenbach Grand Cru or, you know, something like that. To me, it, it's it's good enough. It's Goonies are good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where it's at, right? I'm not saying that, you know, will it win in a head to head against, you know, some enough. awesome Flanders type beers? <laughs> it won't. Am I disappointed by what I just drank? No, I'm completely happy with it. Yes, the crappy radio is healing for people. Good enough, says <laughs> crappy radio. That's kind of just talking about the show in general. Uh, it's good enough. <laughs> good enough. There's, uh, there's well, a, we are just two guys talking about beer, right? right? Two, three today. Three. Yeah. That's true. There's uh, a brewery. When they did a uh, Hop Culture did a beer podcast you should listen to, and kind of what they said is crappy radio is just two dudes talking about beer. <laughs> I was going to say there's a brewery in uh, Boston, which just opened up across from uh, Night Shift Brewing okay. called Bone Up. Um, and their their slogan is uh, made with ingredients, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. It's, it's good I enough. like that. Yeah, because that's, made with yeah. ingredients. <laughs> Night Shift is one of those that I, my sister was in Boston, so I get to uh, go up there every once in a while and come back. and. We've really fallen in love. And Night Shift so, makes Night Shift I, pretty much amazing. I, so. One of my favorites. I love Night Shift. Yeah. And uh, they have, I mean, now with Bone Up and there's a 
distillery right there too. Okay. They call it the fermentation district. Okay. Um, nice. You also have the teddy bear peanut butter factory right across the street from night shift. Yeah. Boston. Brewers should stay away from peanut butter. I know. I don't, I don't know if it's operational anymore. Uh, you just have this giant creepy teddy bear <laughs> and a billboard over the top. Well, it's one of those things that we've, you know, we've had a couple of peanut butter beers and nothing is ever, Never it's, had it's like pumpkin, butter beer. never lived up to <laughs> your expectations of what should, what should be there. That's our, we hate pumpkin beers. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you're alone. All right. I think it's time to rank. All right. Big old pumpkin behind you there. Well, yeah, there, there are. That's not a beer. That's a pumpkin. <laughs> that's, that's a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> So of course, uh, you Kenny don't have to rank. You are. You can uh, choose to. You cannot. You can just after we go through our rankings, you can mention what you thought was noteworthy. If that's what you prefer to do, that's what a lot of people in the industry prefer to do. The unbiased editorial opinion, Mm -hmm. as I am the editor in chief. All right, so we're not going to rank the Belgian pale ale because we're not going to rank that. So we're going to rank the coniferous citrus pale ale. So let me change that link that I have in my notes here. All right. So while you're working on that, I can start with my rankings. I am going to put the 2013 Speedway in last place. I you know just thought it was a little bit too oxidized. You know, it's like a 10-year-old Bigfoot, you know, where like eight years is where you have to drink it. And um, so now we know that uh, four years... Is it four? Yeah, four years is a little, a little too, too old for Speedway. A little too long. I'm going to put... I'm going to put the Coniferous in fourth place. I like this beer. It was had a fresh hopping to it, but the... Um, how, do I, how do I want to describe that? It, you know, it just wasn't as engaging as the other beers tonight. It kind of was falling into that, you know, I know Simcoe wasn't a hop using that beer, but it kind mm-hmm. of fell into that soft, sulfury Simcoe type note. And, you know, it's not really the flavors that, you know, really drive me home. I'm going to put the Delicious IPA from Stone in third place. I like that beer a lot. I, I liked how the Eldorado and the Lemon Drop, you know, it gave that melony, mm-hmm. vanilla type flavor to it. Uh, it has less gluten. I guess that's a thing. Um <laughs> I got a case of it, so I gotta like it. But no, I'm, I'm really enjoying that beer. It's a, it's a good drinker. I'm surprised it's uh, seven and point seven. So I gotta be careful with drinking those guys. Yeah, I'm gonna put the, the uh, 2016 Speedway in second place. I thought that was the perfect age for Speedway. Drink your 2016 Speedways right now. Um, the, any sharp edges that would be off a super fresh bottle are gone. You know, there's no ashiness. There's no alcoholic burn to it the coffee's still bright i thought that beer was really good i'm gonna put the green flash in first place i i enjoyed the sour in this beer the cherries the kind of washed rind cheese mineraliness this beer worked for me it was good enough is it is it the world-class flandersy type beer no for an american flanders is it good yes it is that's where i'm putting it okay well my rankings are different <laughs> uh, in fifth place, I'm going to put the Redwood Curtain. Uh, you know, Phase Two IPA, not t- super into my wheelhouse. I think it was fine. Um, I, you know, fine to good. Probably, you know, if you're if you're out having a drinks with some buds, perfectly fine. When you're in this analysis mode and you're like really sticking into what's going on, 
we tend to be a little bit harsher. That's one thing we that we find is, you know, we have these, <laughs> these stoppers for these bottles, yeah. right? So I will, like, you know, be pretty harsh on a beer in the ranking. And then two, in two days, I'll pull it out of the fridge and I'm like, well, damn, that's pretty good. <laughs> so it's all, like, how hard you're looking at right. it. Right. Is right. that, and also, of course, the the flight and what beers we've had before sure. uh, totally affect our perception. Uh, in fourth place, I'm going to put the Green Flash. Uh, unlike Jeff, I just kind of found it... Um, it danced around being really delicious, but it didn't get to that point. Uh, and um, I don't know. It felt like a little bit like forcing it to a bit. It just for some reason. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to discount the hard work they put into it. Obviously, right. aging for six, you know, been putting in footers and doing six months aging. It just, it just didn't feel. I didn't feel all that in there. It felt more manufactured than it did natural. Even though it's, it's so weird. I mean, we don't always agree. But this is a rare time where, like, I feel like you drank a different beer than me. I'm glad I could be here on this occasion. <laughs> uh, just that's how it hit me. That's how it hit my tongue. Um, in third place, I'm going to put the 2013 Speedway. A little more oxidation than is perhaps uh, best, but I actually really enjoyed it. I thought that there was a lot going on that I really liked. I um, I may kind of appreciate the over oxidation a bit more than than Jeff. Uh, but in second place, I'm going to put the stone. I really enjoyed that. They're, you know, going for those phase three flavors and I dig it a lot. Those melon, the melon stuff that was coming out there was great. Really enjoyed that. But in first place, the Speedway 2016, I think that was excellent. Uh, like Jeff said, kind of right on the, right on the nose for where you want the stout. Um, really, really, uh, fulfilling and exactly what you want when you drink a stout like that. It really gives you everything. So first place, Speedway 2016. Is there yeah. anything you would like that? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I really like that 2016 Speedway. I'm really excited for it to hit kind of the expanded distribution. Um, look forward to getting more of it. I All thought right. it was terrific. Yeah. Give us an up plug about your Hop Culture magazine. Uh, yeah, uh, Hop Culture magazine. Um, we launched in January. We are um, putting out. Uh, video content starting in April, which we're really excited about. Cool. Um, keep an eye out. What's what's the article that will hook people? What should they go find? Um, we have a great interview series where we get to interview a lot of um, really some of the coolest people in brewing. We just interviewed Garrett Oliver. We interviewed uh, Avery Swanson, who is 29 and now the head brewer at Jester King in oh. Austin. Um, who comes from, uh, she was a, a scientist working with bower birds in Australia and now is okay. at 29 yeah. the head. So super interesting. And we've had people. some gesture kings. I'm not too familiar oh. with the people there. Oh, they're awesome. Maybe they fired the guy that had green bottles. So it was good for the Petit, Le Petit Prince. <laughs> That's a great beer. I like that beer. We too. love that beer, but we yeah. read an article that the brewmaster was wanted to put it in green bottles because he liked the the color, the skunky, the skunky oh, character that you know, like saisons get. It might have been, it might have been Jeff, uh, the owner. Sounds, Jeff, exactly. Maybe, Jeff, <laughs> he was a super was nice guy. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, the interesting thing about that is at three percent, how much hops really in there to get skunked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. actually, now I think about it. Enough. Right. Enough. So your interview. Series. So we have an interview. Series. But you, know, you haven't interviewed us. Not all the coolest people. Right. We're here. getting there. That's okay. why I'm here. All right. That's what we're doing. What are you doing for the next two hours? Because, <laughs> I'm here. Not giving um, a good interview. Yeah. That's for sure. No, we'd like to ask. I think 
some questions that dig a little deeper than your traditional, you know, uh, so tell us about what you got going on here. Um, you know, we have some really fun, fun questions that we've brainstormed. Oh, awesome. And, uh, yeah. So the interviews get, get pretty fun and yeah, I mean, we're publishing three to five times a day, five days a week. So we got, um, 15 to 25 new articles, all, all craft beer related, uh, every single week, it's a lot of um, a lot of stuff to go through. So, what's the what's the what's the um, the best way for someone to follow you? Is it is it social media? Is it is it a Mailchimp type thing or like sure. what do you? We have all of the Mail above. Mailchimp. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say our our Instagram is something that we're really looking to build. It's sort of a uh, behind the scenes look at uh, what we've got going on. Um, I just set up our photography studio last oh. week. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot more in-house photography and that's at hop culture mag. Um, also if you go to the website, um, something will pop up and you can put in an email address and we send a once weekly email, which kind of rounds up, um, the most interesting things that happened in the beer industry that week. Um, there's usually a funny meme. It's a great email. Um, it's really funny. I write it. Uh, so I know okay. well, we could actually use that because we, sometimes we're, we're striving for news and we don't have it. Yeah. So that might be a good thing to sign up for. Yeah, exactly. yeah, definitely. So that'll you can access that on our site. Um, but yeah, hopculture.com. dot com. Right. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks well, for absolutely. Coming on. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Uh, I wish you luck. Thank you. And uh, I'll tell you about that origin story in just a few minutes because it's a good one. Oh yeah, grandfather. Oh. Grandfather. I try to do goodies are good enough, but it's there's a whole lot of stuff to intro this. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Look, dude, I had some. Okay, I guess we're going out with this. <laughs> I had some red hot chili peppers ready to go, but you know, <laughs> we brought up this song. I mean, I have to do it. All right. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license, except for the Cindy Lauper stuff that's playing behind me. You know, how's that work? I don't know. We play fast and loose with the, the licensing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to contact us, I am at Jeff Bear on Twitter. I'm at CBR Greg. I am hello at hopculture.com. Hello at. Is there a Twitter? We have a Twitter. Yep, at hopculturemag. At so hopculturemag. It's all the same. If you want to email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. We check that occasionally. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Kenny, for coming on the show. And uh, we'll talk, talk to you again next week. 